When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Friday, September 25th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Well, Hoynesy, it was a sweep. The uh, Rather unexpected, don't you think? Uh, this uh, four games against the White Sox here uh, to start off the final homestand of the regular season. The Indians come through again with Jose Ramirez, uh, big seventh inning, uh, two-run double off of, uh, off of the, the White Sox relievers after Dallas Keuchel had, had pretty much stymied the Indians offense through most of the game. Uh, what do you take away from this, uh, this sweep of the White Sox and how it sets up the final series of the season? Yeah, totally unexpected, Joe. I thought this was going to be, well, the, you know, they were pretty close games, two walk-off wins. You know, this one was a one-run game. The, only the first game was, was kind of, uh, you know, uh, they, they, the Indians, I think, won seven to four. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was totally unexpected. I thought the White Sox would come in here looking to wrap up the division and, you know, they leave, they came in first place and left in second place with, with barely hanging on to second place. So yeah, big shock. Um, I think it's, it sets the Indians up. Well, uh, you couldn't ask for anything more to finish strong and, and go into the wild card round. And, and boy, the, the Indians two MVP candidates certainly outperformed the White Sox two MVP candidates in Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson in this series. Uh, for the most part, the Indians kept Abreu under lock and key. And, uh, you know, same with Anderson. Anderson really didn't do too much. Uh, he actually, uh, you know, regressed in his chase for the, uh, the American League batting crown. Uh, whereas uh, Shane Bieber didn't do anything to hurt his Cy Young chances and, you know, kept himself in the MVP conversation. And Jose Ramirez, went from, uh, you know, on the outskirts, maybe a, maybe a finalist to, to maybe a favorite for the MVP, the way he's been swinging the bat just in the last week. Yeah, un, you know, great. You know, we, the first game, he opens the game with a three-run homer. The second game, he ends it with a, with a three-run homer walk-off. Uh, last night, he had a big two-run double to, to, you know, put him ahead to stay. Just a great series. And, yeah, he vaulted himself into, you know, MVP uh, first, for, you know, the to uh, maybe a favorite to win the M- MVP because these these were huge games and they had to win these games. Well, certainly he's going to be a, a finalist at this point, uh, and that would make uh, what uh, three times in the uh, in the last four years uh, a finalist for the MVP for Jose Ramirez. So, uh, 
you know, what he's doing out there, he's on one of those runs like it was in early 2017 in, uh, in mid to, to late, uh, or, you know, early 2018 as well before he, he sort of uh, scuffled at the plate. Yeah, but, listen to some of these numbers, Joe. Last 26 games, he's hitting 365, seven doubles, 12 homers, 28 RBIs. Uh, last, four, last 13 games, he's hitting 444, 22 for 50. In September, he's hitting 362 with uh, 16 homers. Is that right? No, that's, that can't be right. Can <laughs> 16 homers? No, that can't be right. But he's hitting 362 in September. So, uh, I mean, he's just he's, – and uh, in, that, in, the, in the White Sox series, he hit 416, 5 for 12 with two homers and eight RBIs. Well, if you want to go uh, next level and go to, go to some of the more analytic stats, uh, look at OPS+. Plus. His OPS this season, his, his regular OPS is uh, 992 right now. That's a, that's a 608 slugging and a uh, 384 on base. Uh, his OPS+, plus, which really sort of uh, you know, looks at him against the league average, the league average being 100, his OPS+, plus is 163. That's that's pretty significant. I mean, is anything over a hundred is, is pretty good. And you know, what he's doing at the plate in that regard, uh, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't look up his, uh, his win probability added as well. His win probability added is 3.2 this year. Uh, so anything over zero is impressive and his is at 3.2. And I think his war, he, he leads all of baseball in war uh, according to fan graphs. Uh, and he's uh, way up there uh, in, in baseball reference war, war as well. But, uh, you know, beyond the, the, the regular numbers that you throw out there, the daily numbers that you can, you can look at at batting average, I mean, the, the more analytic numbers, he's also just killing it right now. He's, he's in, in the same, along the same lines as uh, Mike Trout in terms of what he's doing uh, with war and analytics and, and, you know, numbers in that regard. Just having a great year. Uh, just really finished strong. Came through when exactly when the Indians needed him, and uh, right. it's 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 been uh, it's been fun to watch. He's uh, you know he's on fire right now. Uh, also, last night Zach Plesac gets into uh, I, I believe it was the the seventh inning. Uh, he, yeah, in the seventh inning, uh, a little shaky in the seventh, but. Uh, you know, if, if he's able to, to come out and do that in the playoffs, I, I think the Indians will take it. Uh, uh, held the, the White Sox to, to one run through the first six. Uh, is, is Zach Plesak your number two starter or your number three starter when the playoffs start? I think he's the number two starter, Joe. I think, uh, you know, they lined him up this way. Maybe, I mean, you could bring Carrasco back to be the number two guy, but I think right now it's going to be Beaver and Plesak. Just, you know, gut feel. Right. Uh, I was surprised they let, uh, you know, Plesak, what, he got into the seventh. He's got uh, one, one, two outs after striking out Encarnacion. Then they leave him in to face Mazzara, you know, mm -hmm. a lefty, and, and Mazzara gets the two-run uh, single, kind of, you know, really kind of, you know, capped that in and gave him a 4-1 lead. I was wondering why. You know, you don't make a move right there. Yeah, did they have Oliver Perez up? And, yeah, and Perez was available. Yeah, that, that, that it's head scratcher. But, again, hey, take nothing away from, uh, you know, the way the Indians uh, manage that game uh, because then you come back with uh, three pinch hitters in the 
bottom yeah. of the seventh inning. And it's the first time since uh, 10 cent beer night that the Indians got three consecutive pinch hits. Uh, and, and that turned basically changed the game right there. Yeah, that was unbelievable. I mean, I, I was sitting, I, you know, I was sitting, did I just see what I saw here? <laughs> you know, what? Uh, it was Josh, Josh Naylor. Naylor, Tyler, Tyler uh, Naquin and uh, Mike Freeman. Naquin bright breaks an 0 for 21 with his pinch hit single. Mm-hmm. And they were all kind of bloops, you know, they were, I mean, Naylor hit, hit his ball pretty good, but they weren't really, you know, ringing singles. And, and, and all of a sudden it set up that whole inning. Now th- that was the, uh, the, the stat of the year was after the ball game, when we, when it was told to us that uh, from Elias sports bureau, that the last time it happened was in the ninth inning of 10 cent beer night. And Hoynesy, you were at 10 cent beer night. You were in the, you're up in the bleachers wearing bell bottoms and throwing beers at people, right? <laughs> yeah, that was Mike Starkey, me, and a bunch of his friends from Painesville. We were we were up in the bleachers uh, watching that game, and you could just feel the uh, the craziness growing from you know from right around the third inning when all the streakers started running across the field, and it just kept building and building and building. Well, thankfully, last night all the cardboard cutouts in the stands and uh, Andre Knott, they all kept their clothes on. So uh, that was, yeah, yeah, thank, thank goodness there was no streaking and, uh, and no riding and no uh, chair throwing or anything like that. But, uh, you know, a great note, people, anytime you say 10 cent beer night in a headline, uh, folks, uh, folks love to read up on it. So that was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, So yeah, it worked out last night. Uh, The Indians have this great momentum going into a series where they're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates at home. This is the worst team in baseball, Hoinsey. Do the Indians finish the regular season? Not just with the, you know, the, what are they at? Uh, five consecutive wins now or? Yeah, uh, five straight wins. Five straight wins. Sweeping the, the White Sox. Could they be, uh, after an eight-game losing streak, could they be on an eight-game winning streak heading into the playoffs? Well, they certainly could, Joe. I mean, you know, you never want to count your chickens before they hatch. But, you know, they, they swept the, uh, the Pirates in, uh, in uh, summer camp, a three-game series. And they swept the Pirates in a three-game series earlier uh, this in this 60 game sprint so you know they certainly are um, you know <laughs> I guess if if you're in Vegas you bet the streak right you stay you <laughs> bet with the hot hand so uh, but I would think you know the Pirates are probably you know the laws of probability may be creeping in there they might get one but if you take two or three or you know if you don't even if you don't sweep it's it's been a, a really a good you know kind of a big uh strong kick, you know, finishing kick for the tribe. Well, and it's not like they don't have something to play for. They actually do. They, if, if they win out, if they win three in a row, right now they're two games behind uh, Minnesota for first place in the division, and they're uh, a game behind Chicago for that second place spot, uh, which could result in a, a home series in the wild card round. And so if it's, a, if it's the choice or the, the option of being able to, to win out and, and stay home for a, a, a wild card series before having to, to go to California for the, uh, the AL divisional playoffs. Uh, you know, you got to think the Indians want to play for a, a home series. That's something worth winning. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, like you, you were saying earlier, um, I think um, uh, what the, uh, the White Sox finished with a three game set against the Cubs, and uh, the Twins are what? In, playing Cincinnati, who is trying to, uh, you know, hang on to that one of those final two wildcard seeds. 
Yeah, and we already we already talked about how uh, Minnesota is going to have to get through Trevor Bauer, our old buddy, who will be out there on Sunday uh, trying to win an ERA title and the NL Cy Young. So it uh, should be interesting to see if it comes down to that that final game on Sunday uh, where the Indians are going to wind up. Yeah, and uh, like you said, they've got everything to play for. Uh, what, they've got Carrasco, Savali, and uh, I don't know who's pitching Sunday. It's, it's still to be to be announced, to be determined. It could be another bullpen game with with uh, Cal Quantrill. Uh, that's probably the the way that they're they're going to lean, uh, especially if Tristan McKenzie doesn't get into a game, or uh, does get into a game between now and then. Yeah. Okay. And Quantrill did a really a nice job. Uh, against the uh, the White Sox in the first game of on Thursday with four scoreless innings. I think he only threw about, uh, what, 83 pitches maybe? Or, no, no, he, no, 38 he, pitches. Yeah, 38 pitches. Yeah, he, they wanted him yeah. to go 55, and he only threw 38. Uh, 38. So, uh, hey, we just got uh, – you're getting a couple of notifications as we're recording this podcast. Uh, at some point, we will be able to talk to uh, – we're hoping to be able to talk to manager Terry Francona uh, between now and Monday. Uh, so, you know, stay tuned for that. We'll get an update directly from Tito on his progress and, and see where things stand with him. Uh, wanted to get into a question that we posed to our subtext subscribers uh, here regarding the Indians and their defense, and in particular, uh, Delano DeShields in, in center field. Uh, Hoinsey, uh, first, I want to mention subtext and how uh, you can subscribe. Uh, here's how it works. Hoinsey and I uh, text you guys three or four times a day with uh, analysis and sort of the, the inside scoop on what's going on with the Indians, what we're hearing, uh, text messages we get from other reporters and from the, the PR guys there. Uh, everything that we know, you know, before it gets put out on cleveland.com. Uh, all the big breaking news goes out that way, even before it gets up uh, on the website. And you can text us directly. You can send us a message. Uh, if there's a question that you want asked or some area or topic you want to explore uh, on the site or in our podcast, it's a great way to cut through the clutter on Facebook and Twitter and other social media and avoid you know, all those trolls. Uh, it's the only way to get your questions asked here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, you should probably sign up now because it's, uh, as we head into the playoffs, this is the, uh, the, the best time to do it. There's a 14-day free trial. You can cancel any time. All it takes is one text. It's $3.99 a month. Uh, it's about 14 cents a day. And so it's a perfect time to sign up right now. Go to subtext uh, on cleveland.com. It's joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Or it's easier if you just want to text us at 216-208-4346. Uh, send a text to that number and you'll, you'll get signed up. You'll get enrolled for the free trial. 216-208-4346. All right, Hoinsey, uh, we, we asked him about Delano DeShields and where our subtexters would rate Delano DeShields as a center fielder. Of course, he came over in the Corey Kluber trade in the offseason. Uh, the Indians wanted to upgrade their defense in center field. And so far, uh, that's <laughs> sort of been iffy. Yeah, uh, I asked this question. I asked the question, Joe, just because of the, the seventh inning Delino endured last night. I mean, I, I've never seen a, a center fielder. He was bouncing off the walls like a ping pong, like a, you know, a ping pong ball. He was, uh, 
you know, the, the, the inning started, but Yohan uh, Mancata tripled off the wall in left center, and he, you know, Delano charged the ball and uh, kind of it it hit the base of the wall and it bounced past him. And then, then he had, uh, you know, there was a, a double by uh, Jimenez off the heel of his glove in center field, and he slammed into the wall. And then he ended the inning by uh, Robin Yomar uh, Sanchez of another extra base hit with a, with another catch against splattering himself against the wall. So you know he, I I don't know if that was good or bad, but he was he was involved. Right, and so you asked uh, the, the subtext subscribers to rate his defense in center field on a scale of one to ten, with ten being the best. Here's some of the responses that we got: uh, six overall and three last night. Uh, <laughs> ten. I might even go lower last last night. Uh, he, this one says he doesn't seem to know progressive field out, outfield yet. Uh, he has concentration lapses. He's a net liability. Uh, here's one. Can't throw, can't catch, can't get a good read when the ball is hit. Is there a score less than one? Uh, once again, he staggered around like a drunken sailor in the seventh last night. Six as a ten, uh, center fielder, 10 for hustle. May not have upgraded the position over the winter, but didn't hurt the team. Uh, consistent at the plate, considering he started late due to COVID. Uh, here's one. One, pathetic. Uh, here says, looks like a softball glove he's using. I, I, I would agree with that. He does use an extremely oversized mitt. Yeah, you don't, want, you don't want to have the umpires measure that mitt. That might be illegal. <laughs> uh, here's a response from the uh, Columbus area. Boy, that's a loaded question. Is he just unfamiliar with the field? Does he have a history of misplaying fly balls? Uh, does not having the fans affect his positioning? Is his height an issue? I think he's a fine outfielder. I'd say a seven, but his value to the team, uh, 246 batting average, uh, it's, it's not so sure. So these guys say uh, he has the potential to be extremely good, good speed, fearless to a fault. Uh, two observations from a fan. He says uh, he could sell condo space in that glove. It might have cost him on that catch on the double. And his body language is awful. I'm not saying you have to love Jose Ramirez strutting around, but geez, he's like the kid in the Charlie Brown uh, cartoons with the rain cloud over his head way too often. I like his bat. Perfect for a nine hitter, one or even two. Incomplete rating right now. Yeah, I think, I think Joe, a lot of it has to do with not knowing the outfield, that center field right. and, and the walls out there, I think. Uh, but, you know, he's made some great plays. He's made some, you know, in Wrigley, he, he wanted nothing to do with the Ivy in center field in that one game when they kept hitting the ball over his head. I don't right. blame him. It's a brick wall out there. But uh, it's, it's been a, kind of a, a hot and cold uh, uh, season for uh, Delino. Well, where was he that he made the catch where he crashed into the wall full go? And that was Kansas City. Kansas City. And that's Great a great catch there. He's not afraid of the wall. wall. We know that. Right, right. Uh, last one from our subtexters. Uh, he says, he gives it his all, and I'm glad to have him in center field. I don't know whether Mercado is a better fielder, but Delino is a better hitter, at least at this point. So, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to they're gonna live with him. They're going to go with him in, in center, you know, for now, or some combination of DeShields and Mercado, but uh, it's what they've got for now it, uh, because obviously the best center fielder in your, in your system right now is, is Bradley Zimmer, but you can't have his bat in the, in the lineup right now as a liability. 
Yeah, and, and we really haven't seen, you know, the old Bradley Zimmer yet, you know, since he's come back from that shoulder injury. And obviously, he hasn't had a lot of consistent playing time either. Right. All right. Well, we're uh, getting ready to wind down here on this episode of the podcast, but uh, we'll be at the park for the final three games of the, the series. And, and Hoinsey, does it feel like the end of September right now? Does it feel like uh, we're, we're getting ready for playoff baseball for the fourth time in five or for the – Fourth time in five years? Yeah, fourth time in five years. Uh, I don't not, – not really, Joe. I mean, the calendar says yes. The calendar says it's September, but, you know, the, bo- the, the, the body of work does not. So, you know, right. 60 games is, you know, isn't even – like the halfway point. And so not even a halfway point so of, of a regular season. So um, um, it, it – in a way it does just because of everything that's gone on this season, you know, the – interrupted spring training, then uh, three months off, then summer camp and 60 games. You know, that's been, that's been a long haul. In that regard, it does. But in the number of games played, no. All I know is I'm going to wear jeans to the ballpark for the first time this year, and uh, I'm worried about my fingers freezing because the windows are going to be open the whole time. <laughs> we'll it, was pretty, it, was, it wasn't bad last night, so you'll be all right. Well, that's good. All right, Hoinsey, we will uh, check in again with you uh, on Monday when we should have a pretty good idea what's going on with the Indians beyond, uh, beyond this weekend. We'll, we'll lay out the entire American League uh, playoff uh, forecast at that point and, and look forward to Tuesday's opener, you know, wherever the Indians wind up playing. Good deal, Joe.